0: you know, everyone is given a task. And so my task is to parent my son. And he accepted his as well. Mm -hmm. He accepted his mission or his purpose in this life. And God used me and his dad as a vessel to bring him here. And so I'm like, okay, cool. That's really, I'm really been wrapping, trying to wrap my head around that. And I'm like, you won't have to leave it there. You know, because <laughs> you're going to have to leave it there and you're going to have to accept because you agree to this. You have everything you need. You have to keep refining. You have to keep going because, like, my skills are going to get sharper. I'm going to know what not to do or who to go straight to. Or, you know, it's like you ever call someone like, yeah, can I speak to your manager? You I don't even have time to go through the process or whatever the case is. It's like, but you learn that through experience. And it was designed for, you know, these things to happen for you to be able to go back in like. I can't do this by myself so you know life is designed to bring you back to that
1: welcome to the daily naked parent podcast brought to you by Rocco blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children naked parent nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable strip it all down and take a look at ourselves Our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing what it's like to parent an autistic child. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing the Naked Parent Nation preamble. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. So if you're ready to continue your journey of awareness and consciousness, then let me welcome you to Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast. So before we get to our our conversation today, we'll do a little grounding exercise. So if you wanna sit up straight and then Put your feet firmly on the ground so you can feel the ground beneath you. And then place your hands on your stomach. And then take two deep breaths. And then notice your stomach rising and falling in and out with each breath. Now, as you keep breathing deeply into your stomach, feel free to close your eyes if you're comfortable and continue breathing. I'd like you to breathe in for the count of five then hold your breath for the count of five and then breathe out slowly for a count of five and keep breathing in for five Hold for five, out for five. In for five, hold for five out for five. And when you're ready, slowly bring your attention back to the room. Notice the sounds around you and notice how you feel. And if you feel more calm, if you feel grounded, if you feel peace, if you feel anything that you wanna feel again, recognize that that was just two and a half minutes and that to care for ourselves and to get grounded and to alleviate some of the stresses of life, we don't need long hour meditation sits. We just need to take a couple minutes for ourselves. But I'm too excited to get to our guest today. Her name is Katera O'Neill. She's living in Maryland. She's raising a special needs child. And we're excited to have you. Welcome to the show, Katera.
0: Thank you for having me, Ted.
1: We're very excited to hear your story. And can you tell us a little bit about you and your family makeup? So we can so, get support you better?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I'm what I like to, I'm sure is relevant to some people. Um, a first-time mom that was over the age of 35. I am now 42 and my son is six, and that's what's in our household currently. Um, but I do co-parent with his dad, and that's actually where he's at right now with his dad.
1: When did the autism part of the parenting journey begin for you?
0: Well, actually, we had just got back from a cruise in 2018 or 2019, I want to say, and my aunt had come over and she told me that she thought that my son wasn't hitting milestones. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You know, a parent, a first time parent later in life, everything is kind of like, I think I, I wasn't even thinking about like milestones because I'm thinking, OK, you can do this. he can do this. Things that he didn't do. I'm like, he's my kid. Like he wants to be super independent. He doesn't ask for anything. So once she came over, she gave me a flyer for Um, at that time we were actually living in Maryland. And so she gave me a flyer for like early intervention to go in and get a diagnosis or, you know, to get the testing. So got that scheduled right away. And I would say within a couple of days, we went in for the evaluation and their recommendations. And then within two weeks time, we had an in-home person coming in to deliver services. So he was born in 2016. So beginning part of 2019, he wasn't even, you know, just maybe two and a half, not quite two and a half years old at that point in time. And so we ended up Moving to Georgia, a few like July of that year. And so just carrying on with, you know, trying to get the services and. We started in 2019 and they have a babies can't wait program in Georgia. And he was like right at the milestone where he was coming out of that three year old and going into the next category. So they kept putting him off. But in that time, we were doing like testing for hearing and um, vision. And then we rolled into 2020. And then in 2020, everything got shut down. <laughs> Yes, yes. We had actually for the county that we were living in at that time, we had went in and we got we did get testing right at the start of the pandemic. And they got us set up to like go for like um other like external testing, like recommendations and things of that nature. And then boom, pandemic, and we were shut down, and then it wasn't until October of 2020, we got the call that we were the first people to come back into the school to start the testing process over again. And And what happened during that time, I kept reading parents would talk about their levels, like what level their kid was. And I was like, well, what, what level is my kid? We've gone in and we've done the testing. Like, what is it? And so then that's when I realized that it was more to it. And so, <laughs> you know, having to go into a doctor and then getting an actual referral. And we're talking 18 month waiting list for doctors. And I just kept hammering and hammering until I found an outside clinical psychologist that was able to um, do the testing. And that was actually toward the latter part of 2021. And we got the official diagnosis in January, 2022. So it has been uh, like there are a lot of a lot of good things for our you know family that came out of the pandemic, but that slowdown just coming from Maryland where everything was like so quick, like just moving, moving, moving. It took us over a year with that whole process with the state of Georgia, and. We'll dive down, I'm sure, a little bit deeper into states in the services that they provide, but that's where we got the diagnosis, um, was through private insurance, finally got a level. So he is diagnosed autism spectrum disorder level two with a speech and intellectual delay.
1: Wow. Going back just for a second, when, was it your aunt that brought over the yes. Were you um, open-minded or were you offended or do you remember...
0: I absolutely remember, and it's so crazy because her and my niece had come, her and my um, cousin had come over, and I was like, I thought they were coming to talk about the cruise, and I was super excited, and I'm like, yeah, we did this, and da 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 and so I wasn't like taken aback when she was like, yeah, I think I was just more so like, so you don't want to hear about my trip, and so that kind of really, <laughs> I was Like, I'm all excited. I spent like an hour or two talking to him about it. And then she hit me with it. And I was like, well, you could have led the conversation with that. Like, I'm pretty open-minded. And I think for me, um, I think the reason why she felt comfortable is because like all my life, her and I had a really close relationship. Her daughter, her oldest daughter has a cerebral palsy, uh, has a cerebral, I'm not sure if it's a diagnosis, but she's like in her 30s now. But when we were younger, we were really, really close like we lived in the house together. And so she just has an extensive knowledge about, special disabilities and you know things of that nature and it wasn't even that she was in our household to be able to see my son to be able to pinpoint what those things were but she came and she said um i don't think he and she asked me a couple of questions and so only thing i could say is that was just god sending a message to us to hey get these things checked in too because Tyler's dad has older kids. And so none of them have a diagnosis for anything. And so at that point in time, no no one was in the household with us um, that we could say, okay, well, yeah, this kid did this or they didn't do this or anything like that. And Honestly, I had never had any experience with anyone that was on the spectrum. But I do have another aunt whose granddaughter is um, she's a teenager now, but she has an autism diagnosis. So I'm so grateful for my aunt because I would have always just always just thought that, oh, he's just like me or oh, he's just like his dad. So like a kid that doesn't ask for anything. I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, I'm, I'm you know, super hyper independent and, yeah. you know, like my own sensory issues and so I'm like the more time I spend with my son and I learn about his diagnosis then I learn more about myself because I'm like oh that's me, oh that's me, that's me too and then being able to identify it and then other people I'm like oh okay, I tell my mom all the time I'm like "Mm mm-hmm, yep Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm but I definitely was open Um, I don't think that it was any ill intention, I've been able to just kind of jump right in and like oh look up everything Thing. And I think that was all that she said. She said, I just don't think he's hitting the milestones. And I was like, well, what milestones? Yeah. Because, you know, he's going. we're going to the doctor and no one's saying anything like, oh, you should get this looked into or, you know, anything like that. And then later, once, you know, I found out, you know, about having like that um, developmental pediatrician, he actually had a developmental pediatrician. She was a pe- his pediatrician, but she was a developmental pediatrician. So there was never anything that, rolls to the surface that was pointed out by anyone other than my aunt initially.
1: Good on the aunt. <laughs> um, how about for, has dad been co-parenting the entire time? With Yes.
0: You? Yes. Yes. We previously. And,
1: uh, did you guys have this similar reaction? Cause you seem like you just kind of been rolling through I, all of it.
0: I don't want to say that he was hesitant. I think he was, well, ain't nothing wrong with my son. Yeah. nothing wrong with him. And he, and actually at that point in time, he was like more of a stay at home dad. And so he spent countless hours with him. And I was the person that went out of the household for the bulk of the day. And so like during the daytime, they would be home together and he would go out in the evening for work. But he ultimately spent so much time with him. And he had an age gap between, Tyler and his, his the, the son before Tyler, so eight years. So I'm sure he was out of that like kid, baby, toddler milestone, like what yeah. should be and should not be happening. But I would like to think that we are co-parenting to the best of our ability for where we are because during the pandemic, that's when we weren't in the household together anymore. But like I said, he's over there with him now. He he came back to the state of Maryland and we were still in Georgia. And so we're just getting here to Maryland Like over the last month. And so he has to settle back into being like seeing those little things that now he's Tyler is six. And so what he was when he was two and four are completely different as like he's six going on 16, you know, so I think he but he is super. Like if I point something out to him, he's like, yes, because one of the biggest things that we've encountered is like the feeding. We um, he when we were in Georgia, he was doing feeding therapy. And so anytime anything was going on, I always shared it with him in tons of Facebook groups. I'm always screenshotting him. I'm encouraging him to join some of the groups. However, I do take those little like short notes. I sent him things. And so I think I would like to think that he's very receptive where he's at with Tyler.
1: Sounds like an ideal co-parenting situation compared to some of the stories, yes, I've heard. How difficult is it? I mean, it sounds like you're in the the very beginning, but how difficult is it to transfer services when you were kind of set up?
0: I'll yeah. just tell you this: my employer. Once we started in 2020, going to those private therapies, we had AB. No, we didn't get ABA. We had speech and occupational, and we went for months until they were like, ma'am, we're not getting paid. And I was like, what? (laughs) And that's when we found out that my employee insurance didn't cover any kind of services. You could get speech and occupational therapy if you had like an an accident, but they didn't have, they had specific exclusions for any kind of neurological or nerve damage. And so nothing autistic or autism related was in the plan. And so I would like to think I've been spearheading a campaign for our company. And with the 2023 year is when we just got coverage for autism and ABA related services. But in Georgia, and everyone has different experiences, but in Georgia, I was literally calling, emailing, applying for everything that you could think of. And then it would just be ghost, And I would keep calling and calling and calling. And finally... I got through and then someone gave me a call about the Katie Beckett and then someone else gave me a call about something else. And then they dropped the ball. But I kept calling like every week, every week. I save everybody's numbers in my phone, who I like, what, like Georgia Medicaid, Katie Beckett program. Like so I know like who I need to call. And I remember she said to me, well, Ms. O'Neil, you can't just wait for months. And I was like, what? I was like, I've been calling and calling and calling. And so she said, well, let me get back to you. And she did her investigation. And then she got back to me. And then the next like in the next day or so, he had medical coverage through the state of Georgia. And I mean, this was just May last year. And so I had already been in contact with like therapy places for like ABA from when through my employer and they weren't covered. And I was like, can we work out a plan? And the lady was like, no, ma'am, no, it's way too expensive. (laughs) But I had kept up with her. And so we were able to start in-home ABA over the summer. And then once school started, we did roll into like going into a center-based program, but nothing has transferred. In the state of Maryland because I haven't applied for anything. Because this year, with it being under my employer package, i actually I'm actually was fighting with them all last week. Like someone said you do have service. Um, someone says, Well, no, we you don't have coverage on the uh So before I got on this call with you, I had just got off the phone with our insurance provider and they're like, Yes, yeah, here. And this is what it is. So I haven't applied for Maryland medical coverage just because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm mean, just to be honest. There's a potential to go back to Georgia. I had been thinking about going to Colorado. So until I can figure that out, then I didn't want to even bother until I knew how long I would be here.
1: Yeah. For the listeners in Naked Parent Nation, I hope that they chimed in just then as to how to get what you need for your child. It's not a phone call and wait for them to get back to you. It's squeaky wheel gets... The whatever that.
0: Absolutely. Is. Yes. I mean, I am the squeak. My mom just told me I have a whole file cabinet, um, a, one of those two drawer file cabinets. The top is just. My, me and my life, everything, the whole bottom is nothing but my son. I'm mm-hmm. talking about IEP. I'm talking about applying for Social Security. I'm talking about medical. I'm t- everything. The whole drawer is dedicated to him. And now my mom does give me a hard time about how I take notes. I take notes on whatever piece of paper I can. And I'm like, uh, let me tell you, this is, I spoke to this person yeah. this date at this time. And then this, and then this. And then. it is a constant, it is like a full time job mm-hmm. just dealing with. Medical, that just the medical, at least for me and our experience. And it is a process because that's just that aspect of it. That doesn't have anything to do with wait lists. Every Like in Georgia, we had months long waiting lists. Maryland, I was in Georgia calling Maryland, like, y'all got wait lists? Can I get on the wait list? But because insurance was gonna be a new plan, I didn't have any information to start that process at the end of last year. And so getting here now, just waiting on things. uh, We're on as many wait lists as you could possibly think of. And that's just for ABA right now because we are opting to go a homeschool route right now um, because I got so many threats from um, the county that we lived in about attendance with my son and what they thought versus what I thought was best for him. Yeah. And so I don't know if, any naked parent, listener can relate, but right now homeschooling is what's best for us. The county that we lived in, I had to fight. I mean, the school started August the 2nd or 3rd, that was like on a Wednesday. By that Monday, I was already requesting like a IEP meeting. And I think they thought that, oh, just tell her this. And I was like, nope, it's not gonna work for us. By the next meeting, it was about 15 people on their end against me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, got it. I got all my notes. This is what we're doing. And like, it is like a fight, a fight. And you know, the biggest thing I hope that another parent can take away from that whole IEP process is, is that you're not going to know my kid better than I do. Mm -hmm. And you're not one-on-one with my kid like I am and even if you're in a household with two parents and other siblings that's still more one-on-one than it is when it comes to school because my son was coming home with marks and webs and looking like I didn't send him to school he's a picky eater he wasn't eating in school and they was like oh well I mean he could it's not like he's gonna starve and I was like are you eating before you come to school I mean, he's six. So, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why, you know, the homeschooling works better for us is because it's going to give us that opportunity to fill his day with the therapies that he was getting. So in Georgia, we were going to school from like 730 and I was taking him out of school at like, depending on the day, 30, 1130, 1230. And they were giving me grief. Until we had that one big IEP meeting and the principal and the counselor was like, Ms. O'Neill, you keep going, keep going. And so he's in a special needs pre-K program for the county. And so he did pre-K for two years based on his birthday. And then this year was his first year of special needs kindergarten. And um, I had to fight for services while in there. He was supposed to be getting speech. He was supposed to be getting occupational therapy. I asked for a para or aid for him. They did not that. And they wouldn't allow any outside provider to come into the school. And so that I was like, okay, cool. And they were only offering like speech twice a week for 30 minutes. And we finally got occupational for twice a month, 30 minutes each. And so with his doctor, he had a prescription for occupational where he was getting 55 minutes a week and he was getting speech and feeding twice a week, so an hour each. And then he was also getting ABA for 20 hours a week, but 29 hours. And I remember someone said, well, don't you think that's too much therapy? And I'm like, no, I don't. I think school is at this point for us, school was a waste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were like, everybody, I remember everybody in that IEP meeting was like, they took a vote and was like, how many think it would be beneficial for Tyler to come to school? And everybody said, yeah. And I'm, and so we started going over, and I had at this point had got the state of Georgia, the county people. When they told me whatever they said in that first IEP, I've started finding special needs department all the way to the state to the top, the state of Georgia. I was calling. I'm not sure if you're the person. I'm not. Yes. Oh, you are. Okay, great. So this is what's going on here in this county that we live in. I don't think. And then those emails started flying around with people on them, and you know, people calling me, Miss O'Neill, Miss O'Neill, Miss O'Neill. Yes. When can we? Yes. Yes, we can. And it was like. When sometimes you think about where you live or the county that you live in, I don't know if we really, I I, I didn't give that much thought because when I bought the house, I bought it and I was like, oh, by the time Tyler gets ready to go to school, we'll be gone. Never knowing that he was going to go into an early intervention program. And so I was like, "Okay, that's why we left. But I feel for people who don't have that at their discretion to just be able to up and leave. But I do think that you got to stay on them because those teachers are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about least restrictive environments. Tyler is like five kids in one. (laughs) And so when you're in a class for up to 13 to 15 special needs kids and one teacher and possibly a para, that environment can't be conducive to each kid. Mm -hmm. For them to learn or feel like they will excel. And so even like right off the beginning of the school year, I had a conversation with his teacher and I said, you're never going to get the best out of him in a big group. It's too much going on. He's easily distracted. And I still had a relationship with his teacher from the previous year for the previous two years, actually, because they just moved him around to different school based on the program because it's not one program in place at one school. So kindergarten is one school. Pre-K is another school, first grade will probably be another school. And so you you don't really have that consistency with, you know, learning, you know, the principal and the teachers and all of that in terms of who's going to be dealing with your kid. I did yeah. have that, that relationship with his his speech teacher, his kindergarten teacher, his pre-K teacher. And they can only do so much. And so once I started taking him out and going to those therapies and then to ABA, his teacher said, so I see a difference. Of course you do, because he's getting one on one service and there are other kids in that program as well. And so she said, well, you know, we you don't have to explain it to me. It's two of y'all and 15 of them. But in the program for ABA is One to one, but there are other, you know, RBTs that are there that are able to like interact with him. There are other kids that are just like him. And then they asked for permission if he could do like small groups. So they would pair him with one or two other kids that was similar and work on things. And everything that they worked on him with, I took that to speech and occupational therapy. And then I went back with it to his teacher to let them know this is what they're working on. And so I'm fortunate. I work from home, that I have that flexibility. And so, for parents that don't have that flexibility to keep up with what's going on with their kids, I just say you have to find that time. We communi- created a communication log for what was going on in school because I'm like, my kid is coming home with webs and bites, and you know all kinds of things. I'm like, you know, halfway undressed, and I'm like, that's a whole another kind of stress. I will say that those IEPs, I don't know what they're designed for, but most parents do not have the education to understand. I'm reading through. I'm like, oh, what right. this is I'm Googling everything. And I'm just like, you know what? They do that because they know you don't know that you I didn't go to school for that. <laughs> and so it's like you have to they want you to take them at face value. But I'm like, I see my kid every day. I see what his struggles are. I see what he excels at. And just sitting him in the classroom to go with your schedule isn't what's best for him. And so the, I'd love to be able to put him back into a school program when the time is right. Um, he is preverbal, so he has some words, but he can't have a conversation with you to come back home and say, Mom or Dad, this
1: happened at school.
0: Right. He can't give you anything that happened in his
1: day. Well, um, for the listeners, my suggestion is to hit pause, hit rewind, get your notebook out and replay that segment because you just gave us a lot of stuff in there that takes years to figure out the hard way when you're just getting into it we're going to have to do another show on it because to do a deep dive, because yes. there's a whole lot more in the whole school. Yes. System. It's a broken system. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for the teachers. And yes. then you put the legalese on top of it. I know they're worried about covering their yes. minds too, you know, so yes. it's not just about what's best for the kid. It's, it's yes. all effed up. So, but thank you for sharing that. And it's exhausting. To listen to, let alone to live. So I got to ask you, you seem very, you are You have great energy. You seem very positive. This has had to take you down at some point. Oh, all the time. So have you, do you ever suffer from expectations of what you thought life was going to look like?
0: I absolutely did. And I think that that is like an ongoing thing. You know, you see other parents and you're like, whoa, wait, hold on. I remember just saying, I just want my son to be able to say, mom, I just want my kid to be able to say, I love you. Like those things that you never think about if it hasn't happened to you. Like I would love to be able to get in the car from picking Tyler up from school and saying, how was your day? And if he could just tell me good or bad, I would be like, pull over, let me cry, yeah, and then let's move on. But there are definitely there is always where not even having a kid that's on the spectrum where our expectations versus in real life are so far. So it's just like I literally just came to grips with this a couple of weeks ago. I was watching an interview and in the interview and I had been having this thought for years of my life, but it was just put so well by um, the speaker and she just talked about your life and your kids and how your kids don't belong to you and how they belong to God and how like you're the vessel for them. And that that thing where they say that God isn't going to put more on you than you can bear. I'm like, really? Because I'm struggling over here. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. But what, it was something that I got out of there. And It kind of matched up to something I had I had been thinking for years, but someone else can say the same thing. And you'd be like, that's it. And what she said that really I've been struggling with this says that God gives you flashes of your life before it ever even happened. Mm -hmm. And you agreed to it. And that's why you're here. And I was like, my, and I was, and so days, like, I'm like, so this is what I signed on the And that's not just having the kid, that's just life. I'm like, whoa. And so with that, I've come to realize that that really is true, that God is going to give you everything that you need to be able to deal and to deal with the life that you agreed to. I said, so I didn't ask for it. I agreed to it. And I'm like, that just shifts my mindset so much. Cause I'm like, I thought, that I was going to be whatever it needed to be Katera and God puts that in me and he gives me that. And I'm like, okay. And I'd be like, girl, cause there ain't no way. <laughs> cause I'm like, I would have probably signed up to be Beyonce, but that's. <laughs> and so it's like, but even with that, you know, everyone is given a task. And so my task is to parent my son and who knows what his he accepted his his as well mm-hmm. he accepted his mission or his purpose in this life and god used me and his dad as a vessel to bring him here and so i'm like okay cool that's really i'm really been wrapping trying to wrap my head around that and i'm like you going not have to leave it there you know because <laughs> you're gonna have to leave it there and you're gonna have to accept it because you agreed to this mm. And you you have everything you need. You have to keep refining. You have to keep going because, like, my skills are going to get sharper. I'm going to know what not to do or who to go straight to. Or, you know, it's like you ever call someone like, yeah, can I speak to your manager? You'll, I don't even have time to go through the process or whatever the case is. It's like, But you learn that through experience. And it was designed for, you know, these things to happen for you to be able to, you know, go back and like, I can't do this by myself. So, you know, life is designed to bring you back to that.
1: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And those, what do you do to take care of you? What do you do to to get through those moments where you forget for a minute that you agreed to it and it just seems like a wall that's too big to get over?
0: I, you know, um, a lot of times people be like, oh, you're a cancer. You're so emotional. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. No. And I'm like, girl. But I, I, one of the things I preach, especially to my son's father, is is that self care looks different based on the person. And so he was like, always oh, go get your nails done, go get a manicure, get a pedicure, get a massage. And I'm like, if I could just get some free time to go and be by myself, I like to read. And you know, I prefer a book. I'll read on my phone. I will read on the laptop. But just that time to come back to me to be alone, because I have been. Like my mom tells me all the time she was, you know, having a kid at the 30 is like you live your whole life by yourself. So you don't have the responsibilities of anybody but you and it's I'm so used to having that flexible like lifestyle and the freedom to come and go. So it's like all I need is just some time away from y'all. So even though I'm working today and Tyler's with his dad, this is like me rejuvenating. Like prior to the pandemic, we did a lot of traveling. We haven't done as much, but as soon as we are like settled down where we're gonna live, I think we'll be able to jump back onto that. So traveling and some time to read or like do puzzles is kind of like what gets my mind back together. So I always encourage people to, know what they're free like what gives them back to themselves and so just time to myself reading is really what I do I'm not I don't really care about the nails and the massages they feel good you know it's nice but that's not what I would like to, that's not the thing that I would rush off to but for people that that is what their relaxation looks like as often as you can get it get it <laughs>
1: yeah 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 yeah, I like that. We do like a lightning round where you give a one word to one sentence answer to okay. so we can get more of your opinions, thoughts, and experience. You up for it? Absolutely. All right. What's the best advice you have received?
0: Early intervention.
1: What online course topic would you sign up for today if it was available?
0: How to parent your parent.
1: Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents?
0: Absolutely, Facebook groups. That has been my lifeline for so much. When um, I'm in probably like <laughs> ten different autism-related Facebook groups, um, so that community is amazing. I remember maybe like ten years ago, my nephew he was like, "Auntie Katarra, Facebook is for old people," and I was like, oh, "It might be, but I have in these last five years have found that community to be." Like you get to give and you get to receive. And I've learned like I could go to my doctor or Tyler's doctor. and I'm like this, this, this and is. And then they're like, yep, this, this, this. Here you go. Like if I didn't have those groups, I wouldn't be able to like put it in words. It's like going to the mechanic and be like, you know, my car, when I turn, you go, (coughs) Now I can go and be like, yeah, so when I, when I turn and this is what's happening and, you know, it just, those Facebook groups really give you the words to be able to, it could be like trigger words or words that make the algorithm work for you. That when you go to the doctor, you're not spending countless amounts of like time or visits for them to see what you're talking about. I'm like, this. I'm taking notes. This is I like got video. Did you need to see the video? Cause I recorded this. And so I would definitely recommend Facebook groups. And all you have to do is put in autism, Facebook groups, parents of kids that are autistic. And then you have people who are parents of autistic kids. And then you also have an autistic community as well. And it has just been amazing. So I would recommend Facebook groups.
1: Yes, great recommendation. What's one thing (laughs) you think would improve your life if you did it or had it?
0: Either another (laughs) me Or the ability to have a care, like a caregiver that was like their main concern as well, because it's hard to be an autistic parent and trust your kids with everyone. Mm -hmm. And so like my mom is good with him, but now she's in Georgia and we're in Maryland. And so if I could, I would have someone else that I trusted, you know, even if Tyler and I, his his dad and I were still together, we still have to live our life too. So just to be able to have like a support supporting cast that was just as knowledgeable and didn't shun like I don't know, I don't, know, I don't know. you know I think that I think every autistic parent would love like a mother's helper or and I'm not I don't mean respite care I mean like a mother's helper like. Um, One of my friends, she said, hey, on like Super Bowl Sunday, she was like, do you need anything from the store? I was like, oh, my God, yes. Here, pictures. I'm I'm sending pictures from Walmart. And I never really had that before, that someone would be like, well, can I go to the grocery store for you? Um, You know, can I send you anything? Or because that is one of the things that creates anxiety in me is going to the grocery store with Tyler. As the older he gets, it's more a sensory frustrator. Like it's so much going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the stores so
0: yeah if I got a mother's a mother's assistance or a mother somebody that was uh-huh. like me
1: <laughs> do you have a favorite product you use for yourself or your child that you just love and couldn't live without
0: okay now i don't know if this is a product as much as a brand but amazon i'm amazon is probably like yeah we can yeah we're gonna get some money off of her i i've from those Facebook groups, I always get to see, well, this is what my kids like. I'm like, put it in my Facebook, put it in my um, Amazon cart. And it really, there isn't one thing except for Amazon because they have everything. Yeah. And so with that, there are some like vitamins that, um. there's some Nordic vitamins that I like, I buy them by the case. <laughs> you know, for Tyler. So those are been things that have been really, really helpful for him. That's an actual product, are those Nordic vitamins. Um, for me, just having that prime same-day delivery next day early morning, yeah. <laughs> that's really been something as good.
1: Love it. I could talk to you all day. I appreciate the wealth of knowledge that you gave to all of our listeners. The quote that you gave us was, smile, you're amazing. I think that's so in line with the energy that you exude. From what we've talked about today or just like what's on your heart, what do you say to the parents out there, Naked Parent Nation, that aren't sure if they're going to make it?
0: You are. You are. And it is, if you think about it too much, it'll be too much. But if you just... Do it or you go with it, then things like we worry so much and it's like, well, a lot of times we create anxieties just by worrying instead of just utilizing like if we live in today. Then tomorrow when it gets here, that's, you know, let we got enough on our plates. So I would definitely say that if you're unsure, if you're going to make it, take my word, you're going to make it. And if you feel like you're not going to make it, reach out to someone and tell them that. I think that we all need someone that we can call and just break down. My mom is that person to me. She's like, "What you want me to come over? What, what do you need me to do? And I'm like, no, no, just let me you know cry about it let me vent let me get it out and i think that's a lot of times not having anyone that we feel can relate to us and or what our struggles are, because I say to my mom, I'm "Like must be nice, you know." I'm my mom's youngest kid. I'm like, "Must be nice, you know." And so we, I think, as parents, we want that feeling as well. And so I would, you know, I I think it's imperative that we have people that we can call and just talk to, and they aren't judgmental, they aren't telling you how to parent your kid, and they're just listening and really understanding that this is your battle, but they're in the community. They're your, you know, that they're a part of your community and that that God put them in your path as much as you and theirs. And so it would be find somebody who you can talk to.
1: Katera, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate on your day off that you um, took the time to be with us and share your journey. And I'd love to stay connected in touch base and do this again down the road And here if you're in Georgia or Maryland or, or what's happening. Okay, right.
0: Colorado, California, yeah, yeah. Thailand. Come on out,
1: call me when you get here. But yeah. thank you so much. And I wish you and uh, your family all the best.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: All right, take care.
0: Okay, bye-bye.